What is up, everybody? Happiest of New Year's. I know we are all so thrilled that 2020 is over, and um, I'm excited to see what this year is going to bring for us. So anyway, uh, this is the first episode in a little while, not too long, but uh, first episode of the New Year, season two. Today, I have on the show my good friend Lucid Lou. I met Lou last year, uh, watching him perform some music, and I instantly fell in love with his sound and his personality. He's so vibrant, intelligent, and just an all-around awesome person. I feel like I say that about all these people on this show, but I feel like it's true. So anyway, we're going to get into it. We're going to chat a little bit and hang out, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. If you would, you can drop a comment or subscribe to the show, or uh, you can run and buy me a coffee on ko-fi.com. Anyway, here is the episode, and I hope you enjoy. First episode uh, in a hot minute, so uh, dude, I'm glad that you are here. Thanks for being here. Dude, I'm uh, I'm blessed. It's uh, it's exciting. It's, it's been a while since I've seen you since before the holidays, so it's nice to sit down and just you know bullshit with you for a little while, you know. Yeah, straight up, man. I think one of my favorite things about the new year was uh, your little mix series. You like the mix series, man? Dude, I did, man. Good I, deal. I went in. On I had it. a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. It's uh, it's um. It's interesting doing, you know, because the second half, the first half was a half hour, and the second half was an hour, and uh, it's it's just, I feel like with the attention span that a lot of people have these days, it's tough for some people to sit through an hour mix. Um, it just depends on the activity I think you're doing when you're listening to it. Definitely. Um, so I, I think shorter mixes are, are a lot easier to digest. And anything 30 minutes or below is, is super easy to, to digest. Anything over 30 minutes is, is a lot, but sometimes you just got to get the lead out, man. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, it was pretty much all gas for, for that whole 90 minutes of that mix series. So it was dope, man. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, dude, it was really good. Like, <clears throat> like you were saying, it's about the activity. So for me, like, you know, now that I'm in like coding school for like six hours a day, I'm like sitting there and I have to listen to like, you know, chill stuff. I can't not have music on. I always have music on, but it's like, I have like low tempo, like lo-fi stuff on, like whatever. But as soon as I get done, I'm like, I need to move. I need to move my body and whatever. So I'll hop on my bike and go cruise. And it's like, that's when I need the fire. So yeah, dude. a mix is perfect for that because I ride for like an hour or whatever, cruise all over and like a half hour is like too short. So I'm, Glad you went with the, the definitely and yeah the no totally I'm in the same boat anytime I'm exercising or just getting the heart rate up in anything like uh, those upbeat tapes are are the move and the longer the tape is the longer I'll be able to exercise so yeah you know if it's an hour great I'll be able to exercise for an hour because time is just nothing once you're listening to something dope that you enjoy you know so yeah. it's, it's it's uh I totally know what you mean definitely. Dude, so I'm I'm interested to know like uh kind of like where your style came from, like where your where your roots are, like what kind of shit you listened to growing up, like what put you on the path to becoming Lucid Lou. Uh, hip hop for sure, man. Definitely roots in hip hop. Um, 
you know, a lot of people, as far as, so like East Coast stuff goes, New York, you know, people are super big on Nas, Jay-Z, um, love that type of stuff. <clears throat> I really, really love uh, Tribe. Tribe Called Quest is dope. Um, so yeah, I definitely have roots in hip hop. And uh, I went to my first festival. So I graduated high school um, in 2014. And then I had met this girl, I was like head over heels for her or whatever. <laughs> and uh, she had like totally introduced me to like this whole scene. Like Electric Forest was like, the that was like the big thing, yeah. you know, like coming out of high school. And um, so, uh, so yeah, she kind of introduced me to that whole scene. Um, I totally just impulsively, you know, you graduate high school, I impossible. Uh, impulsively bought an Electric Forest ticket right out of high school <laughs> nice. um, with a couple of my buddies who, you know, could also afford it. Um, and, we, you know, we drove out to Michigan, which back then I was living in Ohio, so it's it's like it's like five hours, you know, so yeah. it wasn't anything crazy. And um, went out there, had the time of my life, um, and uh, and the rest is kind of history, man. I, I uh, since then, you know, obviously for this past, you know, 14 15 months we haven't really had um very much activity in like the festivals and stuff but yeah. <laughs> but before that you know it was um just getting out and, and getting some experience with just the whole festivals I, I mean it's it's like you get out there and it's it's like you're not even in reality anymore oh yeah you know, especially at places like electric forest and stuff mm-hmm. it, people are really talented when it comes down to you know nailing a venue and a, and an and an aesthetic or like a theme, you know, for, for, uh, for, for a venue or a festival. And, um, yeah, it's just really cool to experience that. And it's just been something I've been interested in and I've always had a knack for music. So, um, but yeah, so as, as far as like my roots and stuff, it's definitely hip hop, um, tempos, hip hop tempos are, are very much around, 80 beats per minute to like 100 beats per minute um that's usually where i stick around in and with the way i program my drums and stuff it's it's all hip-hop influenced but um i don't rap first of all (laughs) i i I don't rap so um why not throw some fucking nasty bass noises on a hip-hop beat you know that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at with with that and that's kind of where all that stuff spawned so um, it's been a wild ride so far, man, but, but it's been great. I've been really enjoying it. That's awesome, man. Well, it fucking works, you know? I mean, I really dig your sound a lot. Thanks, and, man. Yeah, uh, I think it works too, for sure. I also had, like, <clears throat> roots in hip-hop, like, growing up. Like, I had, you know, kind of all over the place, like, taste, but just because of, like, where I, I grew up in Clarksville, you know, and it's a military town, so people come from all over. <laughs> totally. And it's every, it's a melting pot, and, you know, hip-hop got really popular, and I got really into it, and, of course, as, like, you know, you, you, you have all the kind of different artists from all over, East Coast, West Coast, whatever, but, of course, like, Southern hip-hop was, like, really big. That and Memphis shit, the 3-6 yeah, and all that three, stuff. Six, yeah, man, totally. All that. I love and, it. All the Atlanta shit, you know, like, uh, you know, DTP. Yeah, like man. Totally. Yeah, I love it. Buddha. Yeah. I, um, when I'm in, uh, when I'm in the studio, a lot of times I like to, uh, especially like if I'm bored and I don't feel like, 
um, or not bored, but like maybe I'm like not inspired, but I still want to like work on something. One of the things I'll do is I'll just like deep dive in the internet for acapellas, like from from that era, you know, like that early two yeah. thousands, like even like late nine, even like late nineties era of hip hop, and kind of you know you can find some really dope acapellas on YouTube. So I'll bring them into Ableton and I'll I'll warp them so that next time I am ready to sit down and write a piece of music. I can just drag that when I say warped, I have it so that no matter what project I drag it into, it's like on beat yeah. with, with what I have. Okay, and and cool. you, it's, it's just like, it's a good starting point for me because I can relate to the hip hop music and I can find, you know, cool stuff in there to, uh, to inspire me. But it's, it's kind of a double edged sword because all that stuff is copyright, you know? And, and yeah. next thing I know, it's like, it's been a day and I have, this super dope track but like a big part of it is i've chopped up this like acapella that is you know recognizable i think that's another one of the things um writing music is finding a way for people to relate to it like that crusty crab pizza shit is Mm -hmm. like it's dope but like you know i i have songs that i've released that have the same sound but but people can't relate to it as much because you know there's like a People related to the Krusty Krab shit so easily because everybody's seen that episode and everybody's heard that shit. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. That's why it took off, and it's like it, like it makes me giggle because it's like, it literally took me like a day to like it literally took me like a day or two to write the song, and then like obviously like it takes about a month of giving your ears a rest and then coming back to it and then giving your ears a rest to like nail in like dial in the mix, but. It just, it was one of the easier songs that I've written and it just, it, it took off. It was just, it, it was really funny in that way, you know, like peculiar funny, not haha funny, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, man. That's cool. Um, so you, you mentioned that this, this girl from your past sort of brought you into the electronic scene and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Curious about like some of the first artists that stood out to you just in terms of music you heard. And then as well as ones that stood out to you, like at festivals, like, cause for wait, me, wait, say, say that, say that one more time. Um, so, artists that stood out to you just from hearing them through streaming or mm-hmm. CDs or whatever. Because for me, the artists that I attracted towards, like when I first heard them, were different from the ones that attracted me when I saw them live. I mean, there were some that crossed True. over there, but like there are some acts that, like, until you see them live, it doesn't pull you in, yeah. like quite in the same way. So, I'm Definitely. curious about those two. Um, well. There's the bass nectar thing, which we'll get into in a minute, but there's um, one that really stands out when I think about it, and then I, actu- I actually think about the f- like my first forest um, when I graduated high school. Is, uh, is It's like a, I guess you could call them a jam band, but they're called Iodo. Have you ever heard of yeah, Iodo? Yeah, dude, Iodo yeah, is sick. Iodo's so dope, and it's like their studio stuff, like you will never catch me like in my bedroom like listening to an Iodo album on Spotify or whatever. Like, I just don't do it, right. but their live shows are crazy just because there's all this live performance and stuff. And I think that's the thing that, that sets um, studio stuff apart from live stuff is it's either the the live instrumentation or it's the um, visual experience. Yeah. I think the visual experience is a big thing. I think that's why Lost Lands is such a huge thing. And I'm, I'm not super big on like the industrial like noisy bass stuff that excision does um i do get the appeal but i think one of the big things that made lost land such a huge hit is the visual experience it's and um so yeah i i think that for me is what sets apart um 
artist material in like uh between studio stuff and and live stuff is either the instrumentation or the um <clears throat> or the uh the visual experience so the iota was one and then uh, the bass nectar thing and and i love bass nectar studio stuff um but the the live show is you know and, and there's so much um what's the word for it uh stigma around that these days um but it did introduce me to a completely different game i mean it's not even the same game like when you go to those types of shows that yeah you know where there's you know it feels like all the ticket money has just been put back into the production yeah you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's like you couldn't make this any better so i really do appreciate people going over the top for for the experience because we've all been to those shows where um it just it'd be hitting different just because it's not <laughs> you can tell when people who post events like you can tell when their priorities are right and when their priorities aren't right. like like um like when we did what robbie's by the river everything was responsible and but they had like kelly and charles do such a good job with the, with the visual stuff uh with hey man entertainment and it, and it, it's it's just really cool to see so i definitely think it's either the visual stuff or the live instrumentation that really you know makes a difference yeah these days yeah dude i like and i totally agree too about the um like the nectar thing and again like i know you know the whole stigma around it but it's about like the story the roots like where it came from and like i, I still have all those memories we still True, all man. have and, those and, memories and friends that i've that i call family these days you know more than half of those people are are from shows that i've are, are from meeting them at, at those kinds of shows and mm -hmm. and uh sharing those experiences yeah sharing those type of experiences man it's it's like a uh it's like a religious pilgrimage sometimes it is, dude it's, it's I, I literally think that like every yeah. time like specifically for for me bonnaroo because bonnaroo was my first festival ever i've i've been like six years now and like from the first time that i went my two good friends diana and adrian and my good friend connie they all basically took me in at the last minute to come and like camp with them at Bonnaroo. And I had been the year before, which I think was like 2013. Um, and that was, the, that was a year that I worked at. I was working for Fuse TV and oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. Um, but the, what wound up happening was I had to miss some really amazing acts, um, just because of the job that I was doing, you know, I was supposed to be off the clock. I had been released and then they called me back in and they're like, Hey, we need you to like drive these people back to the hotel. And you know, some so of the kind of got called in there, like your shift was done and they were like, we need some extra help. Yeah. It sucked. And, and it was just frustrating because it was like, um, Paul McCartney was about to go on and we get in the van to leave and like, you know, a couple of people were like, like saying like meh about Paul McCartney or whatever. Right. And I'm like, dude, he's a legend. Like, yeah, come on. True. So from that point on, I was like, I'm not going to have to miss another set. Yeah. So I started well, attending. And I mean, what do you think would have happened if you were just like, no, I can't, I'd finish my shift. I can't take these people. I mean, I mean, would they would have given you shit or, or do you just think that like you, the, the niceness and you got to you? I think is a mix of things, but for sure. I mean, you know, I was, I was what, like three years into my entertainment career. So it was yeah. like, it was, and I, it was my first festival and I was working it. Well, and that whole Fuse TV thing seems like more of like, a, and, and not that the other stuff isn't important, but that seems like more of a responsibility than like parking or trash cleanup. Right. I mean, that's not even, was, was it through Bonnaroo or was it through Fuse TV? No, it was through Fuse. That's, that, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. So it was like, I had, I had, a, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have probably right. been like, 
I'll lend a hand. Let's get this done. Yeah. You know? That was like what it took. And and me and a, a buddy of mine, Trey, shout out to Trey Color. Love you, dude. So, uh, you know, we kind of bust our butts and kind of went above and beyond because it's like what you do when you're working, especially in the freelance world. You try to like let your work speak for you. But so I, I kind of knew in my mind that it, that wasn't an option. And we had some other cool experiences, but um, I was just like, OK, next year I have to go and like be there. And, uh, so when I went with my friends, you know, I had never done the camping thing before and they were like, all right, we have to do tents only camping. And I was like, okay. So I didn't understand like what that meant. This was, this was the year that you're talking about at Bonnaroo. This was so 2014. This was the first year I went as an attendee. I got you. Okay. And, um, so I went with them and, uh, you know, they basically gave me the rundown. It's like, all right, as soon as we get within walking distance, we're going to send a few people out of the car to run up the tents only, secure some space, and then we'll spend the evening shuttling all of our shit up there. And at first I was just like, why don't we just like camp by the car and everything? But once I got there and experienced what it's like to like be in the thick of the action, like a two minute walk from the arch and everything. And it truly, it felt like a pilgrimage. And like every year after that, it's like, it's always different. You don't know what problems you're going to run into. One year we were in the car line for seven hours, Mm -hmm. shit like that. But you know, it was, it was never really an option to like, to, to just go small. It was like, you had to go big or go home. So of course we're doing like five, like half hour trips to and from the car carrying fucking all kinds of shit. It was just like really, really felt like a pilgrimage, you know? And that's like, like you said, like that's what locks it in with you and these people. It's like you go through the good times and the bad times and it's humbling. It's a humbling experience doing that type of stuff. And, uh, I think, um, that all kind of comes down to getting out of your comfort zone for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're like, Oh, like, well, you know, it's your first year as an attendee in 2014. You know, it's like, why aren't we camping next to our car? And it's like, you know, in hindsight or like from a macro view, it's like, that makes sense. It's like, yeah, like obviously I want to be near all my stuff, but it's like when you get put in a situation where you have to leave some stuff behind and you kind of go in and like, you're now you're in this space. It's like, all I got is this tent and this one bag Yeah. and the homies, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what makes it such an awesome experience for sure. And I, I think it's really important to, uh, to make an effort to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, and it's a harder thing to do these days, uh, these days being this past, you know, 12 months or so, just cause the opportunity to get outside the house is, um, I think at first it, it feels not as easy, but there really are a ton of avenues to explore that you can explore independently or with a close group of friends that, yeah. you know, or, you know, taking care of business. So, um, so yeah, man, I think it's, uh, I think it's really important that people, make an effort to get out of their comfort zone and it's important to remind yourself of that these days because it's easy to get comfortable just being isolated you're like you're when you're being forced to be isolated <laughs> it's 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 a totally different game because you can come up with all kinds of ex- excuses yeah you know so definitely yeah, man, for sure yeah man it's it's weird just not having the option because there's a lot of people who would choose this regardless mm-hmm. but um I, I think most people don't like not having the option, like being forced to do anything. doesn't matter what it is, you know? Yeah. And so that's big. So being able to find these things, you know, to do that get you again, like you said, out of your comfort zone, but just being able to interact with anything outside of like yourself, whether it be nature or animals or other humans and whatever capacity is safe and you're able to, like, it's, it's so important. And it's, it's kind of funny, like, one of the things that um, 
I had been thinking like for years going to festivals was like, man, like running around wearing a mask and stuff, something about the like anonymity and being able to like, you know, it's petty things, but like, you know, not having to worry about if I'm singing the words right because the person can't see your mouth or right. like, and even if you aren't singing the words right, nobody fucking cares. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. But like I had been thinking for a long time, like, man, I wish I could just like wear a mask all the time, you know? And that's interesting. It was like, you wouldn't, you know, it was, it was taboo before because it's like in America, like you don't do that. You yeah. know, people are like, what is that person doing? They're up to no good. They're hiding their face and their identity. Yeah. And we couldn't do it before, but now it's like, we have to, Yeah. it's like almost like be careful what you wish for. And it's ironic that, that that is what wound up happening. Yeah. But Well, and it's good to find like the, the silver lining in anything like even a, like i almost like enjoy wearing a mask this time of year you know in, in middle tennessee because like going out to kroger it's like it's cold as fuck yeah but, like, if i put on my mask like my face is like warm all the time so so that's that's a cool thing about it but uh but yeah, yeah man it's 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 definitely um you know we're living a we're living a history book story right now for sure and yeah. it's, it's a wild ride but but hey we uh we working through it man yeah definitely it's weird to uh to kind of I've started noticing too like it's like all right I have a mask on now and I go out to the grocery store but I've started wearing headphones too which I, I didn't before mm-hmm. I don't know why sometimes I would but now it's like every time I go in it's like I got my my mask and my headphones totally but I I've, I've until recently very recently I haven't started thinking about how much more separation that creates you know and it's like it's scary it's weird it's like you know especially with the headphones in, it's like I could be bumping into people and like people can't see my face so they don't know like what is his expression? Like is he angry? Is he happy? What kind of mood? And nobody is like looking at each other. Nobody's talking to each other. And it's it's like a scary thing. Yeah, it really is. It's it's uh, the isolation is, is really starting to set in. And I think, um, I don't know, there's good and bad to that because I think a lot of people... These days, including myself, um, suffer from codependency, whether it be in a relationship with a significant other or even just a group of friends, you know, where um, a lot of people struggle with with being alone. Um, So, so, yeah, it's it's scary kind of being put in a position where it's like like now, like we really are kind of isolated and alone and like you were saying before how it's like you know you just kind of randomly notice yourself it's like oh like why not take the headphones to the grocery store with me now and Mm -hmm. and, uh, i do the same thing man like when i go and i I never used to do this like i only started this like back in the springtime Mm -hmm. of 2020 where like i'll have a podcast loaded up you know i usually spend about 30 45 minutes at the grocery store i have a podcast loaded up and uh and i'm in and out of there but i don't talk to anybody i don't look at anybody yeah and um it's weird. I don't know, but I I also feel like I don't have a ton in common with um, a lot of people besides my friend group. Like besides yeah. the people I have a lot of stuff in common with that I know people I hang out with. Um, random people at Kroger, I or, or or wherever you are, it's I just feel like I'm on a completely different frequency. Yeah, you know, and that's can be you know, and I'm, I'm definitely like I know I'm definitely jumping the gun there because you know you. I would be surprised about how much I have in common with a stranger at Kroger. Right. You know, yeah. For sure. So it um it's unfortunate that we're in a position that we can't kind of 
well, I don't really know how to put it into, into words, man, but but we're in a position now where we feel com- like people are starting to get comfortable being isolated. And like we were yeah. saying before, it's a scary thing. So Definitely. And that's, you know, as much as I wish that, I don't know, it, it's just weird because I feel like the, the world as we knew it before existed as a somewhere of a midpoint between the isolation we're experiencing now and then the connectedness and openness we experience at, say, like a festival. Yeah. You know, because... Um, you know, it may be here and there before, you know, we might've had like some funny, uh, transaction with a person, like, a we both see something funny, like a kid fall in the store, like yeah. with this cup of juice or something and just giggle. But, you know, at festivals, there's this, it, there's, it's just happening all the time, you know, just these, these little moments and it, it's, and it, to me, it's not about like not personally being open to it in the real world. It's just not having that same level of connection, you know, and the level of opportunity for those type of moments doesn't seem there. Yeah. Like it does when you're at a festival. That's why I was talking about before how festivals don't really feel like you're in reality. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, everybody yeah. makes that joke, you know, in the festival groups and stuff. Everybody comes back home and it's yep. like, you know, everybody, you know, have fun adjusting back to real life. And it's, yeah. it's, um, it's fun to imagine what life would be like if life was like that all the time. It is. And uh, I, I, uh, I really enjoy exploring that thought, you know, in my yeah. free time because it's, it's really cool. And I, I think that, you know, maybe one day, you know, when this whole construct of, you know, money and power and, and this whole thing, it's... I guess it's just the capitalist attitude of just, you know, the society that we've all grown up in, but yeah. it's, um, we cherish those weekends that we spend together at festivals for sure. That's, that's definitely something I can say for a fact. So, and I'm glad to be able to, to have the opportunity to do that. Not so much these days, but, but in the past and absolutely in the near future, hopefully we'll be able to do that stuff again. Yeah. Hopefully so, man. I mean, Gosh, I feel like our souls just need it, you know? And Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, you can't, it's even hard to put into words, like, how you feel when you come back from a festival. It's like that afterglow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, th- I think that, you know, it's, it's, um, there's, like, a, there's, like, an afterglow that you have. If you've ever tripped acid or mushrooms, there's, like, an afterglow that you have <clears throat> after your trip, and I feel that the, um, the afterglow that you have at a festival, whether you tripped or not at the festival, is is a similar type of feeling. Like I can like I can say for a fact, like if I go to a festival and like I don't trip like on mushrooms or acid, like there's still this 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 afterglow that you have where you, you, you come back and you almost feel reborn in a way. You feel yeah. re- it's almost like you hit a reset button. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, case of the Mondays. Like mm-hmm. it's like fuck that. Like it's yeah. cool, man. Like we back, we back at it and yeah. you just feel reborn and, and it is tough to get adjusted back to everything once you come back from from that. But um it's it's really crazy to to think that like we have that kind of outlet, you know, even if it's a couple weekends out of a fifty two week year, um it really is a blessing to be able to have those type of experiences because they uh, they make a difference, man. They really yeah. do make a difference. I wouldn't be who I am today without those type of experiences. Same, dude. Very much so the same. And, you know, 
um, I like like you were saying, like I experienced that same feeling of elation and just elevatedness after a festival, even before, you know, I started doing journey work with psychedelics and stuff. And there are other experiences that have shown me that too, like like traveling, like going to Japan or yeah. like going on like a, a week long ski trip and stuff. It's yeah. like these 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 moments in time, these things that just make you feel so alive and there's you know certain elements that always seem to be present like you know this is this sense of um unfamiliarity and it's yeah. not that like when you go to a festival it's not familiar if you because if you've been before you obviously know but you, you also know that every time it's going to be something new and it's never going to be the same which and even is, if it is your first time it doesn't take very long to get adjusted <laughs> if if that's where you belong you know if yeah that's where you feel comfortable because it'll set in after a day oh yeah feel like where you where you need to belong and it's really interesting that you said um shit what were you just talking about i was talking about like traveling and skiing yeah yeah so the most recent thing you did didn't you your most recent thing was like the van trip to colorado right oh yeah well so yeah we did a an rv trip and so we drove from here to colorado but then we picked up the rv in colorado and we did like a bunch of national parks in the southwest like four states and dude it was just like I mean, was that the first time you had been to some of the parks out that way? Oh yeah, I mean, I I I don't know, even know if I had been to a, an authentic like national park before that. Like, I had been to Abraham Lincoln's birthplace, which is more of like a property with a couple buildings on it. But yeah. in terms of genuine national parks, I mean, I I had never seen like I hadn't really seen the Southwest. I had traveled to like um, Nevada for like some work and stuff like that. But I had never seen, you know, I would never been to Utah or anything. And so many of those places, I mean, it's just like I had the same sort of feeling, you know, just this everything is so stimulating and interesting and like new and refreshing. And if you lived out there and like constantly lived in an RV, it might feel different for you. But I mean, it was just it was crazy. And, um, you know, it's that, like a new planet. Oh, dude, definitely. And it's so funny too. I mean, you say you say something like Utah, and it's like growing up, it's like Utah. It's yeah, like, that sounds boring. But it's like, <laughs> nah, there are some beautiful ass fucking sh- like uh, like structures and like natural structures right mm-hmm. out there in Utah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I've never really explored out that way. I've heard crazy stories about me and fucking Jack. You've had Jack on here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my roommate Jack, fucking. Um, so did you go to Yosemite when you were out that way? No, we didn't quite go that far west. And part of that was because it was, it was closed because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Okay. So that was back, what month did or you maybe do it was that? fires. That was back in the summertime you did that, right? We did it in September. Oh, okay. So that was So there was some, there were some fires and COVID stuff that was kind of like deterring certain things. Like for instance, when we <clears> went to Zion, Angel's Landing is kind of like this, this hike that is like the the most famous part of zion um and the last bit of the hike is like kind of steep and on this the side of this face so there's like a chain you have to hold on to as you're doing the hike and because you have to grab the chain they were like we can't have it open for covid but we could do all the rest of it but i mean we drove through um you started in colorado yeah we started in colorado um we went south to mesa verde which is like a national park that has all these old, uh, um, like, I, I, guess, I don't know if you would call them ruins, but there are these old Native American kind of structures that were built into these walls. And I remember seeing them in social studies books and stuff. Um, I had 
don't think they were pueblos. I can't remember off the top of my head. This I, is in New Mexico. No, this was in um, this was in southern Colorado. Oh, okay. And okay. that was that was really beautiful. And it was just cool to see these like structures that were like ancient, you know, built in a you know by Native Americans just forever ago in primitive ways. So it's called Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. And I think it means like a uh, green table. Yeah, yeah. I know Verde is green for sure. Yeah, I think uh, Mesa means no. Table that sounds right. It's like flat, but. Anyway, because it was like elevated, and mm-hmm. then, and then um, we went west and uh, to this place called Capitol Reef in Utah, and I had never heard of it, but it was just it was stunning, and uh, it was probably my favorite campground we went to the whole time because uh, it was this place called La Fruta Campground, and it was like this weird kind of because uh, you can s- sort of see in the landscape like where water is yeah. in the deserts because like. It's always going to be at the low points, you know, so if, if there's like high elevation and stuff, you look down on the valleys and channels and where the water flows and that's where the lush greenness is. And yeah, so yeah. there's this kind of like winding river that goes through there. And so people had come through and planted all these like fruit trees. So there's like these orchards and stuff like all through there and you can camp there. So we're like camping in these orchards, like kind of in, you know, sort of like this valley. And there was just like these wild deer just like strolling right through there, you know, in, in the evening and, and at sun up, you know. So we're just we're standing there at the back of the RV and there are these huge deer like standing up on their like hind legs, like pulling fruit out of trees and shit. That sounds and, pretty cinematic, man. <laughs> dude, it was dope. And yeah. then um, my buddy and I took uh, my buddy Jarrett and I, we uh, he took his one wheel and my friend Lex let me borrow her one wheel. Oh, it's a one wheel. It's one of those like uh, gyroscopic boards that you kind of like. How do those work, man? It's a gyroscope. So basically it's like if if there was no power to yeah. it, then they wouldn't be able to balance. But in the same way that like um, certain cameras and things stay steady. Like a gimbal? Yeah, it's like yeah. a gimbal. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so it's it's like self it's like self-powered. Yeah. So basically what it does is like the, the tire is going to spin either forward or it can go forward or backward. Okay. But depending on how much you lean, like it, it self-levels. You That's know. cool, man. Dude, and it was, I mean, it was- So it you was, borrowed your homies, your one wheel. Yeah. She wound up coming out later, so she, you know, used it on the second half of the trip, but she let me take it ahead of time so she didn't have to fly with it. And, um, you know, we, we got to just, you know, ride those things around in all these different places. So, you know, we're in Capitol Reef and like the sun's going down. Um, you know, my roommate Rui is like setting up like dinner and stuff because he, dude, he like- cooked a spread like because he's like just a master chef so it's not like you were spoiled out there dude it was it was so dope out there man but uh well you know when we're on the one wheels it's just like we leave the campground and we're like riding up the you know this this highway you know through the middle of the national park that there's no cars on and it's just these huge just red rock canyon walls like all around us and shit and we're just cruising and then we went back for dinner and then we went back out on them again at night. And like one of the craziest things about the national parks and out West is just, there's like hardly any light pollution. So the stars are just stunning. Can't even imagine. It was sick. So we like, we rode way up and away from all the light in the campground. And we just like, we laid on our backs and like looked up at the sky, like, you know, talk about a way to put things in perspective. Yes, dude. I mean, it was like the sky thing was, it was perpetual, you know, it was just like every single night we were in a different place, a different national park, looking at the same sky and we were just no less stunned than we were. It's a new canvas every time you look at it. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. That's so cool, man, too. You know, I've always been, and I don't know a 
goddamn thing about astronomy, but I've always been super uh, interested by it, and it's really fun to, uh, you know, whether you're in a... It's more enjoyable when you're in an area that's not as polluted, but the longer you look at the sky, no matter where you are, the more stars you see. Yeah. You know, and it's... it's, it's um, it's riveting. It really is. It's really cool. But that sounds like an awesome trip, man. As um you said you rented an RV in Colorado. Yeah. It's a pretty affordable, you know, for like a group of people. Yeah. So cuz we had um we started with four and then a fifth joined us. Um and yeah, we were we I think it was 14 days. And you know, we split everything up um and like trying to find like a uh campground and stuff it's just super difficult or not really you ever run into any any issues we there? did and it and it's that's the funny thing is is it kind of like had i not gone through these kinds of things like traveling or going to festivals i would i would have handled it way differently but we booked as many of them out as we could like from from way out you know like a month ahead of time or whatever the campgrounds yeah okay cool. as many as we could some didn't take reservations and stuff i get that too i'm a planner i would totally do the same thing oh sure. yeah I mean, it, you, we definitely needed to, but then there were certain instances where it was like, okay, we know, uh, like Lake Powell is north of the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. and it basically is, uh, what is it? I guess it's the Hoover Dam, uh, it, giant dam, you know, that dams up all the water in the Grand Canyon, so it formed this huge lake, which yeah. is crazy because it's like beautiful because it's like where Antelope Canyon is, which is kind of like that really smooth, round, like tunnely looking canyon that people. Um, you know, always take pictures hiking through. And that's like what the walls of the lake looked like. And you could go up these little channels and it was just like these narrow channels of these beautiful, smooth rock. And you're shit. hiking through this, uh, that we did that on a, a giant, uh, four person paddleboard, which was really fun and ridiculous. That sounds like an experience. Dude, it was, it was nuts, but, but there was not really a, a campground close to there. So it was like, you know, I had tons of friends that had done the van life thing before and everything. So we did, um, we just fucking parked in the Walmart parking lot, like nearby and like slept in there for the night. And, you know, Walmart doesn't care if you park there. So, you know, there were a couple of times we had to do that. And one, that was the one time it was expected. Another time it was unexpected and you just have to go with it. But then there were some instances where we showed up without a reservation. It was like, we were good to go. You know, there was another time we came into a campground and we didn't have to pay till the morning after. And it was kind of a little bit different here and there, but I, I kind of got used to it. And yeah. you get the lay of the land and I'm sure it's, it's, um, it's, you know, and that goes back to the whole getting out of your comfort zone thing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you put, you throw yourselves in these situations where you're like, it's like 6 p.m. and you're on the road and you're like, well, I haven't really figured out, you know, where we're gonna crash yet yes. tonight or where we're gonna park this damn this damn RV. So that happened once or twice. It's and uh, it, it's all problem solving, man. Yeah. And, and uh, it's really cool to put yourself in those situations and see what you can come up with. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it sounds like an awesome trip. That's uh, that's really cool. It's cool, man. Yeah, I highly recommend going to uh, anywhere out west. Really, I mean, like for me, Zion was my favorite place. And to and to get back to what you were saying before about you know the afterglow feeling you can get from these you know experiences, experiences. whether it be a festival or you know traveling cross country mm-hmm. i like uh you know we i uh, we decided that the day we went to zion that we were gonna eat some mushrooms and we did and it was just it was crazy because it's like the super intensive hike and like most people when they're you know indulging in anything whatever they they don't want to be doing something intensive but yeah the ironic part of it was, is like, cause we got up past like Angel's Landing. We couldn't completely go out there, but there was more places we could keep going. 
and we kept going up and up and up and we just started to realize that it was sort of like endless i mean you could literally go up to a peak if you wanted and there's like these small summits and everything but yeah we got up to this one spot and decided all right this is where we're going to stop and sit and like eat lunch and i was just like sitting there and i could i could feel it a little bit but i was also like you know what i haven't been noticing it very much and it made me realize it's because just being in that place kind of put me in that state of mind already so there wasn't much of a difference like to feel like oh like i'm tripping or whatever it's like no just being in that space did the same thing to me you know and yeah. i mean it wasn't like we were like going nuts or anything it was just you know a little a cha- glow hey, but change of scenery will will do you wonders that's Dude. literally why i moved to nashville from cincinnati you know back in the summer is cuz you know you see those um you know i've seen like memes and shit online and 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 just posts in general just kind of talking about how you know humans you know like staying in the same place for your entire life as a human when you really kind of like dive into that it seems so silly well it's like not part of our nature no absolutely not i mean like naturally like we are built to question and explore and Mm there are all of these <clears throat> constructs that are that are built today to to kind of whether they were intentionally put there to keep you from exploring or not they exist and it's uh it's important to remember to keep exploring um whether that be exploring inside you know within you yourself or exploring the land that we have been so blessed to uh to live by you know when you think of it on the macro how it's like the lifespan of a planet and how here we are like you know probably in the most prime spot of earth's um life yeah you know living here where it's like it's cozy man like it's cozy like hey we got to deal with the four seasons but like besides that it's like you know we're pretty cozy and um i think it's important to uh you know, get out there and explore, you know, even me, myself, I, um, you know, moving to Nashville was a huge thing, but I definitely have the, the taste for more. Like I definitely want to explore more, you know, it had been 24 years since I had, you know, gotten myself out of my comfort zone. And now that I'm out of it, I'm in a new place and it's cool, but like start to feel myself getting comfortable again. It's like, nah, like I want to, I want to get uncomfortable again like I want to throw myself in a situation where I have to challenge myself to mm-hmm. to figure it out let's um we can edit this out if we want but I have to I have to pee so yeah, I'm gonna go pee go I'll for be right it back. okay sounds good <laughs> all right we're and back we're back refreshed and we're back refreshed my bladder tank. is empty <laughs> and I'm feeling good man right on so uh so yeah man so shit so um with you man you just you just been grinding out the coding school thing. Yeah, man. It's um it's it's so interesting cuz I've always wanted to do it or at least been interested in it, but it always seemed like this Im- impossible thing, you know. It always seemed so difficult and not that it's not difficult it is, but it's it's within my capability to do it and understand it. But I also I don't know how well I would have done without the environment that I have. Like What do you mean by that? Dude, this is like one of my favorite learning environments I've ever like actually it's the my favorite 
of all learning is it the teacher is it the is it the classmates or is it kind of everything it's like a big mix of everything but it's for sure like um just the this they give you space to fail you know and uh so it's technically an apprenticeship program so there's no grades you have like um you have your final projects and then your instructors you know kind of determine based on your progress and your understanding like your comprehension whether or not you're doing okay but there's not this sense of like comparison. Like they always constantly are saying, do not compare yourself to others. Do not compare yourself to your classmates and your peers. Everybody has different backgrounds and strengths and things. And they, they do a good job of pointing that out and like nurturing those abilities within each of us. And then it encourages us to learn from each other and to teach each other and ask each other for help. And, um, you know, you start learning stuff and, and you're like, I don't get that. That's confusing. They're like, it's okay. You're not going to get it. You're not going to understand it right now. Just just wait. Give just it time. Give it time, you know. And they always say trust the process and everything. And eventually stuff starts to click. And it's it's like weird trying to like run before you crawl. But it starts to click and make sense in this way. And it's just it's like it's so cool. And the community is so strong. Like everyone is just so nice and so helpful. And it becomes this game of like, you know, Basically, it's all on Zoom, you know, basic like video chats or whatever. Yeah. We're all in one classroom when we're learning a lesson. But then when you're doing work and lab work and stuff, you break into smaller groups. And so you'll be in a room with like six people or something. And, you know, everyone's coding away, muted. And, you know, I'm always listening to music. And then someone will speak up and say, hey, you know, I'm having like a problem with this thing. Like, does anyone feel like taking a second to look at my code? And like... 80% of the people will look up and be like, five yeah. of those six people will be like, cool. Yeah. Let me see. Exactly. You know, and if somebody doesn't, it's cause they're in deep focus or it's because, you know, whatever, it's not like, no one's going to leave you hanging. So it, then it just, it's, it's not like a, it's almost like healthy competition. It's a team effort. Yeah. It's like, everyone wants to see the problem solved. So like everyone digs in and everyone's like, well, what about this? And what about that? We all start trying different things. And then as soon as it's solved, it's just like, Oh, cool. So if you f help them figure it out, it solidifies your knowledge. and But also they're very grateful because they've gotten past this barricade. And then they also get to see what went wrong. Right. And who doesn't love the experience of... You know, when you're when you're not a teacher, like when that's not what you do for a living, like it's a fun experience to like share your knowledge with somebody who is grateful to have it and, yes. and for it to work, like for you to be able to problem solve together. And I think that um, I think that's a really cool thing. It sounds like this school is pretty. Um, I don't want to say new age because that sounds so silly, but like, is it is it like a newer kind of school or have they been doing their thing for a while? Or it's just this style of teaching that you describe is like very, this whole like not comparing yourself to others and like the whole non-linear aspect yeah. of like, you know, it's, it's not everybody figures it out in a four week span or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it's like trying to tell a a bear and a and a fish to climb a tree you yeah. know like that's the test yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, i'm a fish dude like yeah. i can't climb a fucking <laughs> tree dude like i don't have any so i i think that's i think that's really cool i think that's super important I, I can relate to that in a lot of ways um the whole not comparing yourself to people is huge mm -hmm. i think that's so huge these days you know in the in the era of you know where social media is the mainstream media yeah. i think a lot of people get that twisted these days where you know you start you start hating on boomers and you start talking about, well, you're, you know, you're watching Fox News and stuff, but it's like, you know, 
that stuff that Facebook and Instagram is feeding you, there's an algorithm behind that. Yeah. And and, and they're feeding you what what they want you to 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 know. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's um it's cool to to be in and you know, especially you know, it sounds like you're spending like what, like six hours a day doing this yeah. school. Mm-hmm. It's cool to be in a, in an environment where, you know, for that whole time you don't feel like you're pressured to like, oh, I need to catch up or Yeah. Um but it's it's all about finding that balance. Right. You know? You don't want to be too far behind, but you don't want to be too hard on yourself either. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there are moments where it's like you know, you go back and forth. It's it's a wishy-washy thing. You go back from being like, oh, it clicked, I understand it, and then you go back to just, like, despair, you know, and it's hard not to do that, but, you know, they 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 always say don't get, you know, don't let imposter syndrome get you because you start to think, like, should I be doing this? Like, am I capable? Like, I don't know, and it's just... I mean, it's it's like looking at fucking hieroglyphics sometimes, you know, and you just start to get really confused, and they'll be like, stand up take a break, walk away. You know, they're, they very much enforce breaks and things like that. And it's, it's just, it's a process. Yeah. Fatigue, fatigue is not a thing that just happens physically. Fatigue is a, is a, is a thing that happens mentally a lot. And it's harder to, it's harder to, to be aware of it though. When it's, when it's not physical fatigue, it's like, you know, when you've had a rough workout or your muscles are sore, it's like, Oh, I know my muscles are sore, but with, it's easier to limit yourself with physical stuff, but with mental stuff, it's like, oh, I can keep, I can keep going, I can keep going, I yeah. can keep going, and then you, next thing you know, it's like you're you're three hours deep into code, yeah. or you're three hours deep into a song, mm-hmm. and you don't know which way is up, right? Because yeah. you've been looking at the same shit forever. It's nice to, it's nice to, uh, and that kind of goes back to where how you were talking about how if somebody's having an issue, you reach out to other students to help you, and I think that as a student, being able to put your hands on somebody else's material um it it takes like the is it subjectiveness or objectiveness out of it i think it's subjectiveness i think it takes the subjectiveness out of it and you can kind of approach the material from a more reasonable point of view where it's like if you've spent six hours on something you want it to be good because you spent six hours on something but believe it or not like you know if you like it if you spend six hours on something and it sounds shitty, it's like, it just sounds shitty. And it's just like, you have to fucking get over it and move on. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've spent an entire day on a song and then I come back to it the next day and it's like, it sounds shitty, but it's like, I want to keep working on it because I spent all day yesterday on it. And it's like, people relate worthiness to like how much time you spend on something. I Mm -hmm. guess that's the best way I can put it into words, but you know, that's not the case. I can spend three hours on a song and it can be the best song ever compared to something I spent a day on. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much time you spend on it. And I think that's a hard thing to, to, to grasp onto. You know what I mean? Definitely. So what is like, what is like your process? Like, I feel like at this point, it's not a lot different than yours. That's what what it sounds like, man. Like, you know, even today. So like today is a good day. Um, there had been a song that I had started, um, towards the end of last year and, uh, super dope, really like the way it sounds. It's really good. Um, but there's this separation between production and mixing where it's like, and you have to, you have to keep them separate, but you, you know, you write a song and then you write the song and it has a beginning and middle and end, but now it's like, now we have to mix it. 
and there's a there's not a standardization to production because with production you can just go as crazy as you want go super wild uh get out of the box mm-hmm. you know break the rules and then you write the song and then now you're like oh shit like now i have to follow rules yeah and because there there is a standardization like you have like if you look at it on like if you look at songs on a spectrogram which is like a visual representation of the the frequency spectrum of a piece of music they all i mean you can put a led zeppelin song up to a bass nectar song on a spectrogram and it will be pretty much you know like relatively like they're like the ratio between the bass and the mids and the high frequencies are going to be the same relatively yeah. you know Interesting. so it's it's hard to get in get in like it's, it's hard to move from the production point to the mixing point and then go from not following any rules and breaking rules to it's like shit now i have to follow rules and um so yeah so today was a good day i i had i ended up having kind of a breakthrough on the song that i was writing and i was able to get it to a point where it was mastered and i think it's ready for release now but and then yeah it's uh it's it's tough because um your brain will play tricks on you i deal with this all the time where it'll sound really good in my speakers in my studio and then i'll put it in the car and then i'll just find more problems with it oh, like i'll literally yeah. get it to a point where i'm like <laughs> oh thank god it's done and then i'll get I'll be, i can't wait to listen to this in the car and i get it in the car and it's like fuck like <laughs> that doesn't sound good here yeah. so i think that's the hardest part is just trying to and that's what i've been focusing on for the past 4 or 5 months is being able to, um, cause like I can get creative, I can write music, but getting it to a point where it's easy on the ears and it's at a point where it's, it can be released with where I, I can mix it with, you know, if I'm playing a live show, I can mix one of my tunes with, uh, you know, somebody like Mercive or G Jones, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of artists that I look up to and, and it'll sound cohesive. It'll sound cause there's that standardization, yeah. you know? So I think... Um, or I, I mean, that's just what I've been working on recently is trying to, uh, dial in that standardization and, and, and being able to learn the more technical aspect of, of, uh, mixing and, and mastering. Yeah. So did you, I mean, I know you earlier, you said you've always had like a knack for music, but are you completely self-taught? Did you do some schooling? Like, uh, yeah. So, uh, out of high school, it was just kind of on and off. Um, 17, 18 started in like FL studio. It was just kind of on and off for a while. Um, and then the past like two and a half, three years is when I started to take it seriously. Um, I work inside of Ableton. It's a digital audio workstation, things like Pro Tools, Logic. They all pretty much do the same thing. But I use Ableton and, um, I had started out, uh, with the Producer Dojo, which is an Ill Gates thing. I, I did that a little over a year ago, um... I did that for a year, um, and it's really cool just because, I mean, Ill Gates is, he's like a, he's like a fucking master with just, like, his whole, um, like, he built so many, uh, like, templates for Ableton for, like, live performance and, and, um, 
and all kinds of stuff like the real like logistical kind of side of of music production and like the technical aspect like he's really well versed in all that stuff so it was really kind of cool to um get some knowledge on that side and then um currently i'm going through this thing called the approach uh shout out the approach seth drake clint moody um the approach is uh an online class program uh, by Seth Drake. Seth Drake is like, um, he's a mastering engineer, mixing mastering engineer, but he does, I mean, he's such a good teacher because he has, um, his experience is like all over the place. Like literally has mixed stuff from Primus to Gucci Mane to Bass Nectar. Wow. He did, he's done all the Bass Nectar's material. Um, Primus's stuff, he does all Gucci Mane stuff. Damn. Um, you know, so he can take anything from rock and roll to, to hip hop to, to bass and he can, so it's really cool to have a teacher who has that kind of experience and, uh, it's been really great. So yeah, uh, halfway self-taught, halfway, um, using my resources because it's easy to convince yourself that you know this whole like do it yourself like kind of mentality these days you know and you know it's it's okay to ask for help yeah it's okay to ask for help it's okay to talk about you know needing help you know it's 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 a team effort i think i actually listened to this on a uh it was like a, a nat geo documentary or something um but i think it was if you want to go if you want to go quick go alone if you want to go far you go together yes so yeah so yeah i I try and remind myself of that sometimes because i very much especially these days i'm very much an isolated person and i spend a lot of time by myself but um there is there is some uh some value in in spending time with people and asking people for help and and uh, exploring those avenues so so yeah man definitely uh definitely enjoy um being taught yeah well said dude and i feel like that that applies to like so many different things and for, for sure applies to me and what I'm going through with coding school, but also just in whatever part of, you know, the journey of life you're in, like also mental health comes to mind. Like, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. Like literally everybody needs to like give their self a pat on the back more. Like you woke up today, like you made yourself breakfast, like whatever it is, it's like, you have to enjoy the little things. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to just, get on the micro and just you know even even when i'm having super duper rough days like to-do lists are like such a huge thing for me like i will even write down like the littlest things like like i would just like will not want to do anything but like i'll write down something like take the trash out or, yeah even just like literally writing it down and then doing the thing and then crossing it off yes, is dude. like such such an enjoyable experience and it makes yeah. you feel accomplished you mm-hmm. know so so yeah, man, I think that's important. And it's really funny how you were talking before about um how um like in your coding school when you you know you're you're in like the you're in there with like a group of six people or whatever and somebody needs help with something, how if you teach something it solidifies that kind of in you. Yeah. And I don't know what the statistic is, but it's something like, you know, sixty percent of the stuff you learn you remember and then like 90 percent of the stuff you teach you remember yeah um so i've really been trying that's that's another avenue i've been trying to explore with music is you know i i don't know everything but um i do know some stuff and some people seem to value that stuff um so i actually um started i had my first uh lesson 
in the teacher's chair. That's sick. Last night, man. It was <laughs> nice. cool. My, my, my buddy Tommy, shout out Tommy. Um, he, uh, he's, um, he had reached out to me and was like, hey, man, you know, I'm curious about your sound and how you do your stuff. And we finally uh, locked down a day after the holidays and uh, sat down on a Zoom call and, and kind of went through it. And it was kind of cool being in, being in a different spot, man. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, cool I think that's fuck. another important. I, yeah, like don't uh, a lot of people shouldn't, you know, don't sell yourself short. It's, it's like you probably you probably know more than, than you convince yourself that, that, you know, so. Definitely. And like uh, that's when you'll really notice it totally and like it was so difficult like trying to like it, it really was tough like doing a first lesson like trying to figure out like you know like how to like actually verbalize these concepts yeah. like it's a completely different game yeah i feel you man it's um it's really interesting to to get other people's perspective like when you wind up having a teacher explain something to somebody else like when they ask a question that you don't know the answer to or hadn't thought of or something and then it's like oh wait do i have an answer for that yeah you start opening opening these dusty old doors in your brain that you haven't opened in years yeah and start exploring different avenues to 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 find the solution and it's, yeah um it's 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 a good thing for sure definitely yeah i i'm a firm believer in that if you aren't learning then you should be teaching and vice versa and i mean both of those are synonymous in a lot of ways and both of those come in many forms you know and you can teach yourself you can teach others you can teach your child or a dog and you know you can learn from anything you know and like i think parents in a lot of ways learn from their children and you know just like teachers and um you know professors and things learn from their students as well you know yeah. and well and ed education is so important and like the whole um public education system these days like i think everybody can agree that there are some major flaws in it but but yeah i, I really do think that there is some value in um exploring other avenues of education once you get into your adult years you, when you don't know when you don't know what to invest in and you have extra time or money or energy or all three invest it in education for sure yeah most definitely dude yeah man so education's good um but yeah man anything else new with you dude man um trying to think i'm th i'm thinking about getting a dog <laughs> thinking about getting a dog yeah <laughs> that's a whole thing man dude oh my god so fucking so my roommate you know kendra um her dog layla um wait is did kendra move in yeah so kendra's living with oh, us shit, now that's yeah crazy. it's cool man and um but uh kendra um oh my god i can't stop sneezing <laughs> bless you thank you her dog um i guess got spooked yesterday uh layla got caught like on the grill or something they were all playing outside and like layla got her harness like caught on the grill or something and like freaked out and just like ran off oh it was, shit it was gone for like hours holy and, uh, shit we we're all like worried she wasn't gonna be able to figure out her way home or anything um and then uh she uh um i it, it was like and it was like I, I had just sat down to do my lesson with tommy and um i was like i'm gonna go downstairs grab a cup of water really quick okay so i go downstairs 
I'm walking down the stairs and I walk towards the kitchen and like our back door is right there and fucking there's Layla fucking seven <laughs> hours later standing out on the back patio and it was just <laughs> it was one of those moments where it was just crazy like Jack and Kendra were just like I mean in tears had just like given up like I don't know about giving up but it was just like they had been exhausted like looking all day you know, yeah, yeah. You, know you get you get discouraged mm-hmm. and then sure enough I had Kendra was downstairs a couple hours before that and I was like dude like throw something outside that smells like her throw a dog bed out there like a sweatshirt you wear all the time something because mm-hmm. dogs can smell shit oh yeah sure enough she puts her dog bed out there and two hours later fucking layla's standing outside <laughs> on the back patio um so yeah man that was a cool thing but yeah dude what kind of dog do you want to get man you want a bigger dog or you want a smaller dog i like i like bigger dogs i do too man i like uh i, I just i mean i like small dogs too it depends but i just i've found that bigger dogs like you know, they're usually a lot cooler about like cuddling and shit like that, yeah. which is kind of ironic, but also like, I don't know. Well, like, the bigger dogs want to be small and the small dogs yeah. want to be big. <laughs> yeah, there's, definitely. There, there's a mix up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like always had big dogs growing up and like, you know, I, I would, I mean, as much shit as I do like outside and everything, like I, I would want to be able to you know, take the dog with me. So, you know, if I'm going out rock climbing and stuff, like some of the terrain that we have to hike through and whatever is like, I mean, there's some little dogs that go with us that are badass and they handle it, but, um, just like things like that. And, um, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this today. Like, um, I, I wouldn't want to ride my bike with a dog or anything like that. And like, even like rollerblading sketches me out because you couldn't, you know, if you needed to get off for some reason, like it would just be fucking you up. So it's risky. Yeah. But like a skateboard is more realistic. And, um, so like years ago before I was even born, my dad and his first marriage was living in Texas, uh, when he was in the army and he had this dog named cub. He was like a German shepherd. And my dad like loved that dog. It was like, they were like bonded, you know? And, um, but he was, he was like wild and like this powerful dog. And so my dad would like, you know, hop on his skateboard and have cub like, like pull him everywhere, like everywhere. And like he said, one time he fucking got pulled over by a cop because they were going too fast. (laughs) That's hysterical. Yeah. And like he, I mean, he has like all these crazy stories, like, you know just hauling ass like with this dog pulling him on the skateboard and stuff and i'm just like man like that sounds like such a cool bonding experience and like yeah, yeah I, you know i could i don't i don't know that it, even if i could attempt to do it with like something like a corgi i don't think it would be good for them yeah so i mean you know not I that that's, that's like the, a make it or break it. i think but. that's the biggest thing though is just making sure you have the time to 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 get them outside yeah i think that's the biggest thing you know a lot of people have dogs and they they get a dog and then you know they do the thing it's it's a it's a it's a job it's like Mm -hmm. it really is a job it's like it's easy to do it for the first month because it's exciting but like after that you know it does kind of become a chore like a lot of things right but you know if you care about the dog and stuff it's 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 not a big deal yeah you take them outside you take them for a walk and some exercise and then it's like they're tired and you don't have to deal with them anymore they go to sleep and they you know they want to cuddle you and stuff like that so yeah um, but yeah, man, that'd be cool. I think, I think once I'm in a position where I can, uh, live by myself, I think I'd like to have, I think I'd like, I'd like to have a dog and a cat in the long run. I think I'd like to start out with a cat just cause they're a little bit more low maintenance and, um, you know, I don't have to worry about being at the house all the time yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. So, but yeah, but cats yeah are it's cool. just a lot of responsibility with dogs, man, but, but dogs are awesome. They're great. I like, I'm 
pretty allergic to cats. Like I think it's it's slowed down a little bit as I've gotten older, but and I had them when I was growing up too. But it, they used to fuck me up, man. And like, it's just like, like I love all animals, and I'd be cool with cats. But you know, just the allergy thing and whatever. But maybe one day. But you know, had always had dogs growing up. Um, but working in you know film the last like nine years, it's like. I had, I could not have given the dog a life that it deserves, you know, and yeah. like just traveling and like the long days, like all kinds of shit. And now it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm here all day cause I'm learning remotely. Like when I get a developer job, it will most likely be mostly remote. You know, it, yeah. it'll be much less demanding. The hours will be better and everything. And like, I've just been thinking about it and it's like the timing is kind of right. And you know, I don't really want to, I mean, it's really tempting when you find a, a breed that you like, that you think is pretty or cute or whatever. It's like, it's, it's like tempting to want to, to spend on that. But I kind of have a problem with purebred dogs and it's just because so many of them have like such genetic defects because of like inbreeding and everything. And, you know, like German shepherds have terrible hips and that's something they breed for is like the slant in the hips and like, like dachshunds, wiener dogs, like they have such bad backs, you know, from getting that shape, you know, and it's like they're bred for a reason. Like we've literally manipulated their DNA through breeding to create them for different purposes, whether it to be cute and like entertain us or to like hunt something or whatever. Yeah. And it just is like, it, it feels unethical to me to, buy into that system especially when so many dogs out there like need good homes you know and they need to be rescued and whatever so i think most likely i will go um the route of like adopting you know a rescue, a rescue or something yeah. but but also like my, my mom was texting me today she's like my friend just had corgi puppies and like you know two of my friends have corgis you know yeah. brother and sister and she's like i thought you'd want to join the corgi club and i was just like oh god don't tempt That's me my opportunity right there i, know, yeah, I mean dude. it really is not i don't know man I, I i do think i do think that that is um an issue for sure these days but um at the end of the day man that stuff is gonna happen whether you like it or not and, yeah it's a good point and um you know it's about just you know being happy and you know whether that dog is you know inbred or not like you know if it has a comfy place to live like it's gonna yeah. be happy and, and at the end of the day that's all that matters so. yeah definitely but uh but yeah man I'm, that's that's a huge responsibility um so that's cool man so you're coding you want to get a dog Lots of good things. You said you're watching your friend's dog right now. Yeah, she's been hanging out with me the last couple of days, and um, I think he, uh, she's going home like for good tonight. But it's like that's one of the cool perks of you know doing this whole remote learning thing. Like I had, um, I think it was like October or November. She came, you know, and stayed for like a week. And I mean, he would come get her at night when he got off work and everything, just to like be with her and whatnot. But like kept all her stuff here and she spent all day with me like every day for like a week and it was just it was cool to be able to give my friend that like affordance of okay she's with someone familiar you know you know she's okay she's not locked up all day yeah but it also made me realize that it was like oh maybe it is possible for me now because you know growing up with dogs like it's it's weird because I'm like a neat freak you know and like you know 
when you have animals growing up, especially as many as we had, it's like it can only be so clean. But um, but right, I bro, always I keep I keep lint rollers on deck. I got yeah, lint dude. Rollers on lint rollers. I got one right over there, <laughs> and it's like you know, it, it's not like a big deal to me because it's like I've always had dogs and everything, and I love them more than I dislike you know whatever the hair and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But it's a small price to pay. Yeah. And so I've just been like thinking about it and it's like, it's been so long since I've had my own. And like, I mean, my sister has three and like, she's obsessed, you know, they're like her children. And every time I go to visit her, it's like my favorite thing about visiting her is the dogs and stuff. And I just feel like, uh, it's kind of time. And also, I mean, like when I was growing up, we had a great Dane and, um, she was like my baby. I loved her so much. And, um, you know, there are things I could have done to be better, but I was like a kid, you know, and sure. I, I don't want to beat myself up over, you know, not being a good owner when I wasn't like the actual adult right. like owner. But, um, but when she passed, like I was, I was there like with her the day before and everything. And like, it fucked me up pretty bad. I can imagine. And I, I just was just kind of like, I was, I was so upset by it that. I was like, I don't know if I want to go down that path again you know, of like falling in love with this creature and then like having to let go of them. It's like a parent, like bearing their child, you know, and which doesn't, it's, I mean, it happens for sure, but I would say most people it's the other way around. And, um, I think maybe I've like healed enough and matured enough and, and gotten, you know, a little more well-versed with dealing with death and, you know, mortality so hopefully i don't know the timing just feels better now definitely man and i think with that in regards to that it it really all just comes down to um practicing living in the moment you know because death is going to come to everything everyone literally everything everything. and um it's it's really hard to 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 stay in the moment um but even if you take 30 seconds out of your day and you just live in that 30 seconds like that's better than nothing at all yeah and, um, it all comes down it, it literally all just comes down to practice like anything it's just learning how to not psych yourself out about the next week or, or the next day or the next hour you know it's just kind of living in the moment like even with this podcast man like this, this is the first time i've done anything like this and i was nervous about it earlier in the day and then kind of just like relaxed about it and was like hey like i'm literally just sitting down like bullshitting with a homie and um yeah i think it's important to live in the moment for sure definitely man it's a big thing man people definitely don't do it nearly enough yeah well we're dude well let's check it out here we're uh right at an hour and 15 or so so uh sounds good man yeah so uh is there anything that you want to like shout out like any um social accounts like your soundcloud any uh, upcoming projects yeah, i'm mostly active on instagram you can find me on there it's just uh lucid underscore lou um and uh besides that um this all kind of timed up perfectly we can finally start um advertising for inner space music festival on twitch Yeet. so uh so uh be on the lookout for that i think that's february 8th i think it's like the first i think it's like the first weekend in february um but be on the lookout for that it'll be on twitch uh inner space music festival and um i'm playing saturday night so uh so yeah come check it out and uh and um yeah it'll be dope dope all right cool well we'll throw all your info in the show notes and everything and uh cool. dude thanks again so much for doing this this has been great absolutely cheers man yeah. until next time all right thanks everyone for tuning in we'll catch you next time hey! Hey! Hey!